Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 188, Lessons I Have Learned from My Grandchildren. In the last, uh, I would say two months, we've had the opportunity to really spend some time with some of our grandchildren. We had two separate families where we had four days of watching their children. And then we've had some birthday little getaways with some of our grandchildren. And it's really interesting. Um, the things that really were confirmed for us as grandparents that, oh yeah, we knew that when we were parents, but we didn't have the confidence that what we knew was actually right and true. And so I wanted to record this episode, not just for grandmas, grandparents, but also for parents. And it might help you when that little part of you says, I think this is true, but I'm not sure it's true. Have confidence in your instincts. So the first lesson is children want our attention more than they want things. They don't even remember things. My grandchildren couldn't tell me what we gave them last Christmas or three birthdays ago, but they do remember horseback riding, seeing a musical, going to the aquarium, playing Uno, teaching them to sew, the books that I've read to them, the prayers that I've sung to them in Latin, and the jokes that my husband has told them. They don't care about the things. That's why they leave their toys and their clothes all around. They don't appreciate the things. They want connection and attention with us. Whether you're the parents or the grandparents, it's a sad thing, I think, that we take the focus off of connection with us by throwing all kinds of things in their face, toys, phones, TV. I think we actually teach them to disconnect with us. Something to think about. Toys are not bad. Some toys are really great for encouraging their imagination and thinking outside the box. But how much do we give them compared to how much do we connect with them? And I have found, as our grandchildren are getting older, and the same thing with our own children, that it really was about the connection with us than the things they had. Number two, children who are taught independent play are, well, independent and confident and are rarely bored. That might be hard for you to believe if you are someone who has always entertained your children. But all my grandchildren have been taught to play independently for hours at a time and often with little conflict between them. Yeah, sometimes there is conflict. Sometimes I have to go to the basement door. They all play down in the basement in the toy room. I have to go to the basement door when I hear voices begin to rise and I say, ah, are we having fun or are we arguing? And typically, even if they were arguing, they'll say they're having fun and they'll work it out. 
So yes, we do have to get involved when there's conflict sometimes, but most of the time we just let them play and figure out how to work it out. This past weekend, we had my daughter's children and her youngest is one. Her name is Lydia. And Lydia decided that her favorite toy in the whole house was the booster chair. So she took the booster chair off the big chair and she just pushed it around for an hour. She pushed it from the kitchen to the family room. She stepped up on it. She put toys on it. She flipped it upside down. Honestly, for an hour. When children can play independently, their imaginations are expanded, their reasoning skills are broadened, and they come into their own as independent persons, making decisions for themselves without being guided through the day, without someone saying, here, here's something to entertain you. We don't want to entertain our children. We want to teach our children to entertain themselves, to think, to use their imagination. And so my little granddaughter, Lydia, was using all kinds of reasoning skills and making independent decisions. Some worked and some didn't with the booster chair. But when it didn't work, she figured it out. For instance, she came into the family room and she pulled the booster chair and we have a big rug in the family room, an area rug. And it got caught on the area rug and the chair would not continue to come with her as she was pulling it. And she figured out how to lift the booster chair and flatten the rug and then pull the booster chair back onto the rug. Now you may think, oh, big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal for a one-year-old. She figured out how to solve her problem. And when she does that, even at one She has confidence in herself that she can do it. When they're independent, they're confident. And when they're independent, I can get my work done. So I had the opportunity to finish cleaning up the kitchen, pick up the family room, and actually I laid on the couch, closing my eyes for a little bit. She was right there with me and just kind of rested. Well, she was having fun with her little booster chair. So independent play is critical. Number three, children thrive in a clutter-free environment. If you are a grandma listening to this and you have a home that has accumulated a lot of stuff, I would strongly encourage you to start decluttering. Get rid of all the stuff. So getting back to Lydia, my one-year-old granddaughter, pushing her booster chair around, it gave me the time to do all those things But I was also free to let her just push it around the whole bottom floor with the exception of my husband's office, okay? And they learned they cannot go in there. But the rest of our house, our dining room, our kitchen, our family room is all clutter-free. So she could move around all those rooms without me worrying about where she was. I did pay attention, but I didn't have to worry because I knew that she wasn't getting into something she shouldn't get into. So grandmas and maybe moms, get rid of all the stuff. Not only is it stressful to see it, it's also stressful to contain it or to contain the children around it. We can teach our children to be clutter-free. They can be taught to keep things neat and tidy. 
When we have a big family gathering and there are grandchildren that maybe come late to the party and all the toys downstairs have already been taken out and are strewn all over the floor, I watch the children who've come late walk down into this cluttered mess of a room and it's visually overwhelming for them. And I see it result in emotionally overwhelmed children. They freeze. They don't know what to do or where to begin because nothing looks interesting. It's just a mess. But if they're the first ones here at our family gathering, they run down to our toy room excited to find something new in all the old things. And they use all the old things in different ways with different stories that they act out with them. The exact same thing happens with books. If there are books all over the floor or couches, they kind of wander into the room and look around for something to read and they can't really find something. But if the book bin is neat and tidy and ready for them to look through, they'll always find a book quickly and sit on the couch and read, whether that means actually reading or just looking at the pictures. So keep your home clutter-free. If you could make one resolution from this podcast, this is the one I would say. Get rid of all the stuff in your home so that you don't have to constantly say, don't touch that, don't go near there. Number four, children feel safe when they have schedules and routines. So like I said, my daughter's kids came last weekend and my daughter has these amazing alarm clocks, which I've spoken about before, but they're so amazing. (laughs) I wish I had them when my kids were little. But you set them so that they are red during sleep time and green when they can get up. Same for the naps. My daughter had set them for last weekend, and when we watched the kids, my husband unplugged one, and somehow, probably trying to fix it after he plugged it back in, he completely screwed up the program. So I thought, how hard could it be to reset it? Well, I watched a YouTube video for almost an hour, and still could not figure out how to make it red and green. So anyway, the children are so used to time in bed and time to get up that they were completely fine with me saying, I'll let you know when it's time to get up, both in the morning and after nap and rest time. We had zero arguments or zero kids getting out of bed testing the limits. Their mom is consistent every day with quiet time, nap time, that there's never a discussion. And those children are happy and content with that routine. And also, whenever any of our grandchildren come, they know I have specific habits for them to practice in my house. Whether they practice it in their own homes, I don't really even know. But they know I have rules in my home. I don't have a lot, but I have what I need to have in order to keep the home running smoothly. So when all the grandchildren come, there's like 18 now that actually can walk. The 19th is still a baby. And number 20, by the way, is coming early next year. So anyway, when they all come, they take off their shoes as soon as they come in the home and they leave them neatly by the door. They know exactly where to leave them and they leave them there. They know to throw away their garbage after a meal and take their plate and cup over to the sink. And they do. They know to pick up all the toys before nap time or dinner time, placing the toys in the correct bins. Yes, I have certain bins. 
so that all of the trains are in one drawer and all the tracks are in another and all the baby toys are in another and all the action figures and the dinosaurs are in another. They know exactly where the toys go. And when I say time to clean up, they do it properly. And they know to wash down the spit and toothpaste in the sink because that's kind of something that disgusts me. (laughs) So they know to do it. They know these habits for two reasons. One, because their moms and dads have taught them habits and routines in their own home and they've been consistent about it. And because I have been consistent in our home with our expectations. And they never, ever complain. They are always happy about doing the things I ask them to do because schedules and routines help them feel safe and orderly. Number five, children don't do things on purpose just to annoy you. They're learning. Sometimes I think we think they're just doing this to annoy me. Like poor Lydia. (laughs) She's the star of the show today. One-year-old and she constantly wanted to go climb into the fireplace. We have to figure out how to childproof that fireplace. I would tell her, no, no. I pick her up. I move her away. She'd go right back to it. So I had to remember, she's not doing this to annoy me. She's doing this because the fireplace is very interesting. And I have to teach her that she can't go there. And eventually she learned. Children depend on us to teach them to be kind, polite, generous, thoughtful with everyone, and to follow the rules. We need to remind them again and again and again because they're learning. And if you give up because you're tired of telling them, they will never learn and you will just become more exasperated. When you were young, someone told you over and over and over again to do something. I've told this story before, but my mom, honest to goodness, she's going to go right to heaven for telling me over and over and over again to clean my room when I was young. Now I have a very clean house, but it took years. It didn't take three years or 10 years or eight years. I didn't really start taking care of a home until I went away to college and it was my space and I didn't like a messed up space. So don't give up. They're not doing it to annoy you. They're just learning. Number six, you need a break to show up as your best self. Both times this past fall, I was exhausted watching children. I was physically tired because I don't sleep when they're here. Not because they get up, but just because I don't sleep. I was physically tired and emotionally tired. And that's when we're in danger of not being our best selves. Breaks give us the opportunity to remember what we're doing and why. You need to have an emotional break so you don't feel the frustration. So make sure you take care of yourself. You figure out how you're going to have the children be taken care of while you get a break away. My husband and I kind of did a tag team. I would leave to go to mass on Saturday night so that he was at mass on Sunday morning. I would go upstairs and just lay down for 15 minutes and he was watching the kids and reading to them and having a great time with them. So take the break, making sure the children, of course, are still watched. Number seven, just because they want it doesn't mean they should have it. Whether you're a mom or a grandma, 
limit how often you say yes. When children want something, even if it isn't a bad thing, and we always say yes, they begin to expect the yes. And when children expect to get what they want, they become very demanding and have trouble with no. Grandmas, your job is not to spoil these children. That's not a grandma's job. Your job is to love and nurture the children in virtue and self-discipline. Doesn't sound like a lot of fun, does it? It is. Our grandchildren don't want to leave our home. (laughs) They love it. And we tell them, we're out of fun, so you need to go home now. But we don't spoil them. We love and nurture them. My two sets of grandparents were very different. They loved me beautifully, but in very different ways. My dad's parents would let us have whatever we wanted to eat. They would let us stay up late and watch TV. And they always had a bag of new gifts for us when we visited them. My mom's parents were almost completely opposite. Strict bedtime, no TV, only gifts for our birthdays and Christmas. And our snack treats consisted of a handful of stick pretzels. I kid you not, that was it. I loved both sets of grandparents. They were good people, but I felt safe and connected more with my grandparents who set up their rules rather than allow me to have my own rules. Your primary goal isn't for your grandchildren to like you or prefer you to the other grandparents. They will love and adore you because they connect with you and trust you. And it isn't a contest. And the last lesson I've learned from my grandchildren is that parenting is hard. I need to support and encourage my children and their spouses as they parent my grandchildren. I am not my grandchildren's parent. I do not decide how their family dynamic is created or what their family rules are. I am here as a support, not my adult children's boss. They may do things differently in their families with different expectations, and it's none of my business. And just like Michael and I had to learn parenting lessons along the way, so too do my adult children and their spouses. The greatest action I can take for my grandchildren and their parents is to pray for all of them, that they stay close to our Lord and that they love each other with patience, respect, and generosity. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be, the woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.